The Tapper Teacher Training is an annual retreat for homeschooling parents, a live in-person gathering that brings together heart-centered homeschoolers from all over the world for hands-on learning, community, connection, and fun. And I'd love to see you at Taproot 2024. We'll gather August 1st through 4th at a camp in Northeastern Ohio for a long weekend of engaging workshops, hiking and yoga, and personal reflection. Taproot gives everyone a chance to experience and practice singing, painting, and building main lessons in order to foster a deeper understanding of the hands-on, Waldorf-inspired approach. A team of experienced homeschoolers offer guidance rooted in each of their family's life to help bring you more joy to yours. This is our 18th year of offering this amazing experience. You can learn more at artofhomeschooling.com slash taproot2024. You're listening to the Art of Homeschooling podcast, where we help parents cultivate creativity and connection at home. I'm your host, Jean Miller, and here on this podcast, you'll find stories and inspiration to bring you the confidence you need to make homeschooling work for your family. Let's begin. Well, hey there, it's Jean, and welcome to episode 44. Questions Holistic Homeschoolers Ask. Whether you're new to homeschooling or new to holistic or Waldorf-inspired homeschooling, or just looking for a little extra boost on your homeschooling journey right now, I think you'll find some inspiration here for wherever you are on that journey. So today we're going to explore three common questions that come up for all of us really on this homeschooling path and and the answers might surprise you. So before we get started, I want to share a sweet email that I received last week. Here it is. Thanks, Jean. I must say I eagerly look forward to your podcasts. You certainly give me a lot of confidence with your wisdom I love it when you finish each episode with, rather than perfection, focus on connection. Oh, how I need to hear that. (laughs) I just love hearing from listeners of the podcast. So if you're enjoying the podcast too, did you know that you can leave a review and a rating to help other people find this show? Did you know that? The easiest way to do it is by going to artofhomeschooling.com slash review the podcast. And there you can choose which podcast platform you want to leave your review on. So I'd really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Okay, now on to questions holistic homeschoolers ask. These questions come up often and all three of these came up this past weekend at Taproot 2021, the the Taproot teacher training. And can I just say, oh my gosh, how wonderful the weekend was. We had 
this amazing year at Taproot, a weekend of connection, community, freedom, and transformation. Honestly, the magic of Taproot was all there, even online. (laughs) I'm telling you, (laughs) we gathered together, we could see each other's little faces on our squares on Zoom, homeschoolers from all over the world, smiling and supporting each other. As we sang, we recited verses, we made little nature crafts, we made a, a wheel of the seasons. We talked in small groups in breakout rooms, and we learned so much about the method, how to holistically homeschool your kids, how to build community as a family, and how to build confidence as a homeschooler. So here in this episode, I want to share with you three questions that came up throughout the weekend that I think are really helpful questions for us to dig into. These aren't the kinds of questions um, that have, well, they seem to have, like maybe there'd be uh, a, a complicated answer to them when in fact, the answers to each of these can be quite simple. So here we go. I'm going to share all three questions with you first, and then I'll go into some detail about each of them. So question number one. How do I know we're doing enough? Have you ever asked yourself that? Oh my gosh, I did a lot. Question number two, what's the best daily rhythm for our homeschool? Question number three, how can we build a sense of community within our homeschooling family? All right. Those are the three questions. Let's just dive right in. The first one, how do I know if we're doing enough? This question came up a lot. And of course, there's so many ways to look at this. So I just want to acknowledge that right off the bat. We can consider the curriculum, compare how far we get in a year in relation to what we think we should be doing. That's not always useful, just warning you. (laughs) Uh, We can also look at grade level skills benchmarks, right, of all kinds of things that we want our children to learn in order to gauge an answer to this question right? Those all seem quite logical. But here's the truth. <laughs> that no, mat- no teacher, no teacher anywhere in any classroom or homeschool, any homeschool setting ever actually finishes, right? They don't finish the curriculum. They don't finish everything they planned. We just don't. Because honestly, I really mean that and by that, what I mean is that we we always have, we have more ideas, we have more books to read, there are always more activities to do, and things to learn. But at some point, we just have to put a subject to rest. So remember this, children keep learning even when a subject is resting. That's how the human brain works. This is kind of new knowledge. In Steiner's time, over 100 years ago, they didn't know this. But now we know that uh, the brain actually keeps its digesting and processing what it learns, even when it's not on task on that subject. So my answer to this question of how do we know we're doing enough is... (laughs) 
you just get to decide. (laughs) That's right. You get to decide how much is enough. And it can really help to decide ahead of time. And the way that we do this is, and this is to me, this is really one of the beauties of main lesson block learning. Um, So let me give you an example. So let's say the month of September, we're going to focus on one particular topic. Maybe it's animal fables for grade two or fractions in grade four or ancient Egypt in grade five. Or maybe you have a mixed ages block that you're going to do with all of your children together, let's say in geography or something like that. So it's going, that's going to be your focus for September. You've decided that. Yeah. And then you simply say that when the end of September arrives, you've covered enough of that subject. Sometimes we need to remind ourselves, I think, that we're not trying to teach everything that there is to know about a particular subject in one block in these elementary years. So I want you to remember this great quote from William Butler Yeats, who said, education is not the filling of a pail, but the lighting of a fire. Somebody was describing a, um, a cartoon I I know I've seen this somewhere, but I don't know where. But anyway, it's a one-frame cartoon where the teacher comes over to the child and opens up the top of their head and pours all the learning in. (laughs) That's not what we're doing here, right? So the answer to how do we know if we're doing enough, in the simplest terms, the answer is you simply decide. You just call it enough for now enough for now. And know that you'll come back to many of these subjects in later elementary years when a sibling might be studying this topic. In high school, your kids will come back to it, even in post-secondary studies. And your child will touch up against these subjects again and again in their lifetime, in their reading, and in lots of other ways too. So your job is really to spark an interest and curiosity and engage in the subject, right? So I like to say, instead of thinking about yourself as teaching a subject, what you're actually doing is leading activities in that subject. That can really help. And how do we know if we're doing enough? We decide when it's enough, (laughs) That's how we know. All right. Question number two, what's the best daily rhythm for our homeschool? So this question often comes with a description of like the family makeup, right? The family constellation, something like this. I have a child in fifth grade and a kindergartner, or I have a child in third grade, first grade and a toddler. What's the best daily rhythm for me? And One of the things that I really find interesting about this question is that the asker, the person who's posing the question, often seems to think that there's one answer, right? That there's a singular prescribed rhythm for their particular situation. But that is not true. Because rhythm is is actually fluid, it's changing, it's very individualistic, and a huge part of the rhythm 
it's kind of like that phrase that it's all about the process, not the product, right? A huge part of the rhythm is how we work with it. And it's something that we actually are working with or playing with throughout the years, all the years of our parenting and homeschooling. Rhythm is something that ebbs and flows. Um, our homeschool rhythm is going to ebb, ebb and flow, just like the definition of rhythm itself, right? It's a flow of activities from one to the next. So again, you get to decide on this one. You get to choose the best rhythm for you. My suggestion is to try a simple, super simple daily rhythm out and see how that goes, because that's the only way that we're going to know. You're not going to learn by the best rhythm by reading books or seeing what other people have done or making a list or making the, you know, like there's no way to find out until you give it a try. And then you're just going to tweak it from there. So if you want help actually with daily rhythm, I have a few other podcast episodes that you might want to check out. Um, If you haven't listened to them yet, episode number three is called Relax Into Your Homeschool Rhythm. And episode number 14 is Rhythm Plus Inner Work Equals Your Superpower. (laughs) All right, here are a few tips about rhythm that might you might find helpful. Many moms find that working with their youngest child first for just a brief amount of time in the morning, and then, uh, especially if the child is still in kindergarten or the early grades, allowing them to drift off and drift off and play while then focusing on the lessons for an older child, that can work really, really well. Uh, And that gives the younger child uh, the attention they need, the closeness to you. Uh, It rekindles your connection before they go off right on their own. And that can help start your day off really well. In addition, I find that many of us, myself included, we tend to think okay, rhythm, let's figure this out, right? And then (laughs) the next step is, and I even suggest this, I'm not arguing against this, but it can backfire sometimes. So the next step is we list everything that needs to get done and, and we keep adding and adding and adding to the list, like packing in more and more into our day. For me, this often happens with that morning time. And here's what, how that played out in our family. If I tried to do too much before we ended up getting to the lessons, my children would be lost in play, right? They'd want be have they will would have wandered off and be playing. And we wouldn't really recover that day sometimes because it would be so hard to pull them back in. Uh, So what I really needed to do was keep those morning time activities that were like pre-lesson activities, the things we did before lessons, I had to keep that really brief and really focused and concise so that I didn't lose their attention. That often meant that we moved straight from breakfast to tidying up to lessons, right? My children would often wake up and play, most kids do, right? But they do eventually get hungry. So if I could tie the lessons, like the guided work of the day that I was, the part that I was leading, 
Um, if I could tie that directly as directly as possible to breakfast, then that helped things go much more smoothly. My other advice is just to keep it super simple, especially at first, or if you're in a challenging time of life, keep it really super simple and remember my mantra, scale back until it works and add from there. I also suggest making a visual rhythm chart and putting that up on the wall, on your refrigerator, inside of a cabinet, on the back of a door, just somewhere that everyone can see. Uh, If you have a partner, husband, wife, spouse, whatever, that it can help. It just, it helps them hold the, hold the space with you, right? It helps everybody. And as kids get older too, they're, they're part of holding that space. It just helps everyone be on the same page. Uh, And if you haven't done that before, you can go check out my free guide. It's called save your homeschooling day. Three steps to rescue your rhythm for a simple, happy homeschool. And you can find that at artofhomeschooling.com slash free guide. All right, question number three. Here's our last one. How can we build a sense of community within our homeschooling family? This idea of creating community, a sense of community within your family comes from Uh, It comes really from Rudolf Steiner's lectures to the very first Waldorf teachers that that was in 1919, over 100 years ago. But what he described was that his intention with this method was to help teachers, encourage teachers to build a sense of community in the classroom, right? That's what he told them. And to me, the way this translates to a homeschool setting is that our our family is our community, right? I often say rather than trying to replicate the classroom experience grade by grade for each of our children, what we really want is to come together, come like be together, right? As much as possible um, so that we feel like we feel that sense of community in our family. Home is your community. And Uh, We might have communities beyond that as well, but this is the most important one that we're really trying to cultivate this sense of togetherness. So here are just a few ideas that might help you do that. Uh, Gathering in the morning, right? For a small ritual or a verse, it can be as simple as lighting a candle and saying a poem or singing a song. You could do this at the breakfast table even, but adding a ritual such as the candle lighting to rhythm really helps solidify it. It makes the rhythm stronger. Uh, Another idea is to combine activities when possible. So you could uh, combine for stories, crafts, handwork, even games, right? Putting on little plays. We want to combine blocks even when we can, Uh, so that we share all the stories together. Like we go have what my friend Allison calls couch time, where we're all curled up on the couch, physically snuggled up with each other and sharing a story. Celebrate the seasons together. That's such a beautiful thing to do. Uh, Planning family festivals or simply 
uh, considering that sense of community when you're planning your traditional holidays that you celebrate, this can really contribute to that sense of community. And, and you might ask yourself, like, how can everyone in the family, all ages, feel involved and a part of the festivities? And the last idea I have for you here is expand your circle, like your family circle, by finding activities outside of your home that you can all do together. It's really nice when a family, you might even pick one of these activities for the year, right? So this year, our family is going to do, is going to volunteer together or going, you might attend a co-op, a homeschool co-op get involved in a 4-H club or something like that, any kind of club, interest group, sports, find something that all ages can do together, each at their own level that can really contribute to a sense of community. And there you have it. Three questions holistic homeschoolers ask. That's all for today. And I hope this episode gives you a sense of freedom in knowing that you are steering the ship for your family as the navigator and the guide. And you can bring everyone together by building your own confidence as a homeschooling parent. Thanks so much for joining me for this episode. And you can find the show notes at artofhomeschooling.com slash episode 44. That's all for today, my friend. But here's what I want you to remember. Rather than perfection, let's focus on connection. Thanks so much for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode of the Art of Homeschooling podcast. 